righty, welcome back. We are in week two of our MLB lockouts. Welcome back to the Swing the Toy podcast. I'm Tommy Franks. Joining me this week, welcome back Anthony Colasano and uh, Dom DeRosa and Jeff Wilkinson. Uh, Justin uh, is out with the flu, not COVID-related, so we wish him all the best. Guys, what is happening? How are we doing? It's good to be back, back and uh, almost 100% healthy. Glad to hear, glad to hear. All right, let's get right to it. Not a lot. We, guys, we had to really search to find stuff uh, to really go through, to be honest with you, in terms of content, um, in terms of, like just baseball news, because obviously teams can't communicate with players. So not a lot happened on that front. But we can talk about the managerial position and such. Uh, the Mets are searching for a manager, obviously, because the Yankees, um, well, the Mets got rid of their manager, Luis Rojas, and now he is with the Yankees as the third base coach whenever uh, the season starts. So the Mets are currently searching for a skipper. Curtis Br- Curtis Granderson was on that list. Uh, Buck Showalter, most notably, was on that list. Uh, guys, what are your initial thoughts on on the Mets situation? Um, I mean, I think that Curtis Granderson could be a good fit for them. I think he has the right attitude, the right mindset. You know, um, he always was a happy-go-lucky guy, and he produced on the field at a high level for those couple years in New York, and also when he was with uh, Detroit um, in his earlier years. Um, I think he's just a good guy to be around. I think he could really bring that morale up to a team that um, is going to need it, especially in New York. And, you know, Curtis has played both on the Yankees and the Mets, so he does know what it takes to play in this high-market city. Um, you know, and Buck Solter, I mean, look, I give him most of the credit for the dynasty run that the Yankees went on because he was with the team before it even happened. So he groomed all the players. Um, and then Joe Torre got all the glory. Um, but no disrespect to Joe Torre, he did do a good job. But I feel like Buck Showalter deserves a little bit more credit. Um, you know, and he had his run in Baltimore. They had some good, they had some good seasons, but they had more bad than good. Um, so I think, you know, you want to give him a fair shake. Uh, I think he deserves one more shot in the league, and why not go to a team that is poised to make a run in the NL East? Dom? Uh, no matter who the Mets get, I'm going to be honest with you, I think they're going to be very disappointing. Uh, Curtis Granderson is, just, is actually an odd one to me. Um, you know, I get it. He's a young, well, veteran player that's going to be uh, retired from the game already and he comes in he's a young presence to a new team Max Scherzer uh, wants something different Showalter really what has he pr- proved I really don't know um, I think that's an iffy one as well I just this Mets team uh, you know Brad Ausmus I think is also a consideration um, but overall this Mets team there's been so many managers that uh, potential managers that have backed out and it's really funny because look at the Mets. They're in so much disarray. They're not as good as they look on paper. And I think a lot of people are realizing that even with Scherzer, who got tremendously overpaid. Um, it's just, do they go with their newly signed guy who's already very pleased with getting over $40 million a year and say, all right, we're going to go Showalter? Or do they go the younger route and say, you know what, Curtis Granderson, didn't he play for the Mets too? Uh, yes, he did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, do they go for Curtis Granderson? Uh, I don't know. I just think it's odd. It's it's interesting. If I'm missing any other potential names in there, then so be it. But, you know, the Mets, they're going to be the Mets. They're not going to look to the hype. They're going to win 75 games max. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, kind of like what Don said, you know, no matter who they get, uh, the Mets are – I think the Mets aren't going to uh, really make a big impact anywhere. Um Obviously, Buck Showalter is going to be at least at the top of the list somewhere, uh, at least a top three, just because of the name and the notoriety um, behind him. You know, everyone knows who Buck Showalter is. Um, I know that they also interviewed uh, Clayton McCullough, uh, who's the Dodgers' first base coach, so I know that they're looking at him as well. And don't forget that Mike Schilt is available, so I'm sure that at least someone within the organization has eyes on him uh, to see, you know, maybe if he wants to come in, if they want him. But yeah, I I think whoever they pick, I think the Mets just need um, a steady guy who's not going to draw controversy, um, so that would already eliminate like Carlos Beltran. 
um, Glory has a bit of controversy around him. Uh, I won't be surprised if they go and show Walter or someone else who's a little more established, um, just to make sure the controversy doesn't get worse than what already uh, could be in New York, in New York with them. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I agree with Dom mainly. You know, no matter what they do, I feel like just. They have to improve the clubhouse culture. That that seems to be the real... That's why I think Showalter is probably the best option. But I think what it comes down to is just the the vibe in that clubhouse. Um, you know, clearly it was not there. It was a clearly negative um, vibe last year um, in the past few years. So I think that's something that needs to be improved on. I think Showalter would be the closest thing to that. But at the same time, I have to agree with Dom. I don't think, the Mets, I don't think that's going to be enough to put the Mets over the top per se. Do you guys think the hiring of possibly Buck Showalter would change co- the culture no. at all? No. No. I, I it's just, not going to happen overnight. Well, yeah, no. Like, Even no. If, but here's what's going to happen, right? Sorry to cut anyone off. No, you're good. Jacob DeGrom's going to go a month and a half, two months, pop out his arm because he's throwing one hundo for no reason in spring training or any rehab assignment that he has. Max Scherzer, I think he'll do fine. Uh, otherwise than that, they lost Marcus Stroman. They don't have much of a starting rotation. Their bullpen, they lost Aaron Loop. Uh, I don't think it's as good as they define it to be. And their offense was very disappointing this season. Is that going to be flipped with just a little magical wand in the manager position? I don't think so. Okay. And they're going to probably lose Conforto. Well, yeah, because uh, of um, of Marte, right? Or yeah, right. And yeah. Scott Boris is his agent, so you know. Yeah, so they signed Marte. Um, okay, for, uh, let's move on now. Fernando Tatis got into a motorcycle accident. Dom, I'm sure you saw this. Um, in the Dominican Republic recently. It is, you know, I don't want to scare anybody. It is a minor situation. He got scrapes. Um, he, he did leave the hospital. Said it's, He said he's okay. A um, little bit of a scare, even though the Padres really can't comment on a player that's really not theirs at the moment, right? And it's an awkward situation if you're the San Diego Padres. It is weird because, yeah, due to the lockout, the Padres can't, like, uh, state that anywhere. They, they, I actually looked it up. The team is not allowed to make any kind of news whatsoever, including that one. But it is also weird to me, guys, that Tatis was – maybe he wasn't, but he did it. I thought he wouldn't be allowed to because I think Patrick Mahomes, if I'm thinking of the right athlete, uh, they shared, like, details on his contract and, like, especially these big contracts – like Mahomes can't play basketball. He can't ride a jet ski. He can't ride a motorcycle. Look at that. Um, because it's all for about the safety for the player in case they get injured during the offseason. So I'm surprised Tatis was even able to do that. Luckily, he is just having minor bruises and scrapes, if you want to call it that. And uh, he should be good to go within a very quick recovery time. Perfect. Yeah. So that's all we're going to touch on that. So let's move now. Um, Anthony, you want to talk about the Hall of Fame committee voting um, in Cooperstown? Yeah, so obviously, you know, we talked about this kind of um, a little while ago on a previous episode that, you know, the the 2022 uh, nominations were released in terms of the new guys entering the ballot for the first time. We kind of gave our predictions on, you know, the new guys and also who we think is probably going to get inducted. And we'll have probably another episode um, in January leading up to that announcement. But every couple of years, the Hall of Fame has these, like, special committees, uh, like, every, like, five or seven years for, like, the guys that didn't make it in on the original time on the ballot, but you kind of think that they should go in. Um, you know, we had guys like, you know, you know, Ron Santos was one of them who he didn't make the – he didn't make it during his – uh, official duration, but through time and people re- reevaluating his career, everything like that, when it was time to go on this committee, he was on it and he got the necessary 75% vote to get in. So this, uh, this go around, um, you know, the committee had another one, I think it was the gold era committee. I want to say, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but uh, no, yes, you're it was right. the golden, yeah, golden days era committee. That's what it was. And Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, Minnie Minosa, um, Tony and Tony Oliver uh, were elected um, within the committee to get into the hall of fame. Um, and I want to say, is Dick Allen in this too? 
Um, I thought Dick Allen was in it. I don't know if he got in, but anyway, um, it's just something good to see for these guys that really weren't like these like superstar guys or really were like, they were like, they were like the dominant force in their, in their era, but they were respectable. Like Jim Codd, for example, this guy played 23 seasons from 19, like 57, I want to say to like the eighties. So he played a long time and he said, um, during his uh, announcement when he was elected that, look, I wasn't the number one guy. I wasn't Bob Gibson. I wasn't Sandy Koufax. I was just a very durable, dependable starter who went on the bunk every fifth day and gave my team my all. And, you know, I'm just glad that I was recognized for that, for my durability and my consistency in the league. Cause he won 283 games during his time as a big leader. Like that's pretty impressive. And I know he played such a long time, but you know, to have that sustainability for that long and to continue to play at that high level for 23 years, it's remarkable. You know, so you have to give credit where credit's due in regards to that. Um, and Minnie Minosa was another one that stood out, um, really a trailblazer within the Negro Leagues, um, and really one of the first African-American baseball players in the nat- in the major leagues. Um, and, you know, he really was a one of the great White Sox um, to ever put on a uniform for that organization. You know, you think of the guys like Paul Canerco, you know, Frank Thomas, um, you know, those guys. But, you know, Minnie Minosa is right up there uh, with those three as one of the all-time greatest, if not the greatest White Sox of all time at the yeah, moment. Well, they, they they call him Mr. White Sox for a reason. Exactly. You got Mr. Cub, Mr. – and that's Ernie Banks, respectfully. And you got – now it's just said Mr. White Sox, Minnie Minosa. So, I mean, I think that, that was a if, – if, if there was only one person within that group to get in, it had to be Minnie Minosa. But I'm glad that multiple guys uh, were able to get in. It's going to make it that much more exciting uh, this coming summer in Cooperstown on top of what hopes to be a very um, interesting class of getting in in 2022 because we know Kurt Schilling is getting in. It's just who else will be joining him is the big mm-hmm. question. Yeah, and I mean for you know anyone who plays the show, you know anyone – who plays that knows Minnie Minoso. Um, so he's pretty well known um, with the older and the younger generation now because of that. So he kind of had to get in from that um, and a circle background to Dick Allen. Um, he's not in it. He fell one vote short again yeah. of getting in, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah kind of it blows because, you know, because they got to they gotta wait a while. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking. So and the golden era voters were, um, there were Hall of Famers too. Uh, Rock Carew, Fergie Jenkins, Mike Smith, uh, John Schroltz, Bud Selig, Ozzy Smith, Joe Torrey. You know, these guys are, you know, that, you know, these guys are big names. So you knew that one of them didn't vote for them. Um, but I don't know how big their ballot is. Cause I know, like, for example, right, we know their regular ballot is 10. This is, is this what, five, four? Like, or is it 10? Like, I have no idea. That's something I don't know that I kind of want to know. Um, but, uh, I mean, Hey, it's, it's, it's news within the sport. It's good news, uh, within the sport of baseball. Cause a lot of it has been, uh, either not been great. It's been controversial or just, uh, free agent science and giving our opinions, whether it's a bad or great science. So this is kind of a good thing to kind of, kind of talk about as we're in this second week of what might look like to be a, a, uh, a long lockdown, but so, so we'll see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and also one point, I don't know if you guys mentioned this kind of in your um, podcast last week, cause I listened to it, but um, What's I read a stat on MLB network in that um, every lockout that has happened in baseball, they have never missed a game, but okay. when there have been a strike, yeah. oh, you they told miss me this. games. Yeah. yeah you, you I told, told me this. this. I told you that off the record. Yeah. You told me that on Friday. Yeah. So that was, so that's interesting to kind of see that, you know, by, by the looks of history, we're not going to miss games, but you know, we know what Rob, Rob Manfred is. And we know that there's a lot of discrepancy with the players and the owners. So, you know, history may not repeat itself. Uh, we'll see. All right. Um, moving over now, some players are actually taking action. The LCL Puig is uh, one. He will be playing in the Korean baseball organization. He'll be playing there for a year contract. Jeff, did you see what team he got signed by? I'm I'm familiar um, with the teams because of when the pandemic began. Um, everyone was betting on the Korean baseball organization because what else was there to bet on? And um, so I am not familiar with who he signed with. 
Yeah, um, he signed with the uh, Kiwoom Heroes. I apologize really? if okay. I'm saying that wrong. Um, and he close. did sign for a million dollars, which is the most that foreign-born player can get in their first season in the KBO, the Korean baseball uh, organization. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of shocked. Shocked on that he got that much money? Or no, I'm shocked that he went to the KBO. I- I'm sure an MLB team could have used him, honestly. Well, what MLB team is around right now? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, hmm. well, yeah, you can't, well, can't well, contact Going back to what Anthony said, right? Let's say lockouts don't interrupt the season, hopefully late into in the game. But, hey, uh, he's making money. He's going to play in Korea. He's going to be uh, fun to watch over there. And uh, I wish him the best. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised some other MLB players aren't playing there. You know, on like temporary contracts, or something. I, I don't know. Freddie Galvis, I think, went there too. Now, maybe not that team, but he went to KBO. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think. I think it's good for Puig. I think it could get him, you know, back on his feet, maybe a little bit. He oh yeah. For a year, and then he comes back, and he comes, and you know, he signs with a big league team. You know, that could happen. You know. And yeah, I I think this story is more like some more something. To the point, of, at least for me, it's something like, okay, are more are, are more players going to be doing this sort of thing, going going to play overseas? If this lockout goes on, we saw Aaron Hicks recovering from his surgery, going to the Dominican Republic to play baseball. Uh, you're seeing a lot of the Yankees uh, go down south there to play baseball. Um, are more MLB players going to be going to Korea to play there? I don't know. I, I personally don't think so. Um, keep in mind, this is a trend for Puig to not play um, in the States. Uh, last last offseason, he played with Mexico uh, during that season. And, you know, he he's not exactly a guy that MLB teams want around. You know, he's got... He's got maturity issues. There was the uh, sexual battery assault that he had to uh, try and get figured out, which did get resolved to an extent, but still teams don't really want to take a chance on that guy uh, right. when he has that kind of background. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, see what he can do in Korea. Maybe if he proves that he straightened himself out, maybe someone take him back again, but you know, he's in his thirties. So his window's closing. I don't think we'll see him back in a major league uniform unless if a team gets really desperate or gets shelled with injuries throughout the season. Okay. Okay. Uh, any, any, any of you guys want to add on to that? I mean, I think he might have a shot of coming back in the league, but I mean, I think Jeff, you're kind of leaning towards the right direction. I mean, this guy, I mean, he broke into league when I was in, I want to say, I just, I was about to enter high school. I want to say 2013 is when he kind of bursted onto the scene. Yeah. Like eight, so nine years been, ago. Yeah, yeah, he was so, on the I mean, cover of 14, I think, for the show. Yeah, you, yeah, no, no. Was it 14? It was 14 or 15? I think it was yeah. 15. I think it was 15. Oh, uh, yeah. Mickey, Mickey was 14. Yep. Um, but um, what was I going to say? Um, no, but I think that, look, his he look, he had a great run in the beginning, right? But that was when no one could – no one knew who he was. So no one really knew how to pitch to him. Then they figured him out, and then he really struggled. So it looks like that. The only way I could see him coming back is if he just explodes and just destroys everybody in the league. Then he has a shot. Like, that's the only way I could see him coming back. Okay. Is that if he just has this monster season. But if he doesn't, to Jeff's point, I think his, I think he's done in the big leagues, and he'll just play overseas ball, which isn't a bad gig. I mean, he'll still get paid, and he's out of the spotlight. So, Okay. Um, so we, I think we, we missed this. I think, I, I don't know if this took place last week, Jeff, but nevertheless, um, uh, the rule five draft results came out. Uh, no, 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 we didn't miss it. It just came out this week. Um, yeah. it was postponed due to the lockout. Um, the major league portion was, uh, but they went through with the minor league one. We lost, uh, what's his name? Brian Keller. Uh, the Yankees did. So I think yep. the Red Sox, am I correct on that, Jeff? Uh, yes, the Red Sox picked him up in the Rule 5. Was there anybody noteworthy that you saw from this minor league draft if you follow the minors? Was there anyone noteworthy um, that got picked up in this draft at all? Um, you know, I mean, the I mean, just going off the first pick, you know, the first pick was uh, Nolan Hoffman and the Orioles picked him up 
Um, so, I mean, he, he's a low way prospect, but I mean, he's, he's had some respectable numbers as a pitcher. Um, he's been able to keep his DRA, um, around a two or lower for the most part. Um, with the exception of the first half or so of last season. So he might turn into something if he's able to keep those numbers down and keep rising. He's only 23 years old. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that got picked are low A, um, high A, or even double A prospects, most of them being uh, class A. The, Yanke- so, the Yankees picked up a uh, pitcher by the name of Steve Jennings uh, in round one. Formerly of the Pittsburgh Pirates, he's now with the Yankees. Um, yeah, so not sure what we're going to get out of him, but I, I would figure the Yankees are going to target pitching if they're going to do yeah. anything. Uh, yep. No doubt. Another, and, another fantastic move by Brian Cashman. Fantastic. <laughs> and the Yankees also in the second round, I believe, picked up Manny Ramirez. Not that Manny Ramirez. This guy's only 22 years old. Um, and he has not pitched since um, pre-COVID. So he last played in 2019, uh, obviously didn't play in 2020, and he didn't play last season as well for whatever reason. So maybe a questionable move to pick up a guy that hasn't pitched. He is young. Um, he's only 21 this year. So, you know, maybe they're thinking there might be something with him. Uh, his numbers are... Uh, around 3.5 to 4 uh, ERA. So, I don't know. There might be something there. Like I said, he is young, but who knows? Yeah. All right. So, one thing we wanted to do this week, um, since, you know, obviously the lockout is here and there's, uh, we expect there not to be a lot less opportunity for content, or at least it's going to be harder to find content for everybody here uh, listening, and we appreciate you all listening, obviously. Um, we are going to go through every single team uh, through each division and get a little head start on this um, and kind of kind of uh, predict what's going to happen next year, um, even though free agency, we're kind of in the middle of it. Things can change like that once the lockout's over. Um, guys, do we, which division do we want to start out with first? Is there any particular one? I mean, we either start with the AL East. Perfect. All right, let's do that. So, so guess all right. we're doing that one then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's hey, go on, Anthony. So let's I mean, go it with that. It was it was out of the NLS. So. All right. Well, let's go with the AL the AL East. Uh, Tampa Bay in the AL East. Uh, obviously, you know they're gonna be formidable force. They might trade away Kevin Kiermaier though. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. 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 He's been un- under the rumor uh, talks for a while. Um, he's got like I think twelve million owed to him. I think so. So. You know, they're looking to move him. So if that even goes through, would the Rays <clears throat> still be the same team? Yeah. Yes. No but, doubt. All right. I mean, he has a, I mean, he doesn't provide anything good for them offensively. He's just a defensive guy. Yeah. He's like Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. All right. So we got Tampa Bay at the top. Um, and Boston kind of made a run, uh, obviously. Uh, do they have the capability of doing that again, guys? I think... I think Boston and Toronto are gonna flip. See, I Toronto, yeah, I, I have Toronto to becomes second, Red Sox become third or four. Uh, I don't see. This is the hard one with the Yankees. I I think if the the, the next team, obviously, um, you know, unbiased as unbiased as I can be, it depends on how post lockout goes. It really yeah, does. It, it really depends for at least the Yankees what moves they're able to make. You know, do they go for the biggest name out there in Carlos Correa? You know, do they try and plug up other gaps? You know, um, do they go for uh, who is a Trevor Story? That's the other shortstop left over. So, you know, yeah. do they go after him? Um, I guess serviceable level talent. You know, it really depends on what happens with them. That being said, I think. What I think what's going to define is how their core players perform, you know, Stanton, Judge, Cole, Severino, um, and then even guys like Gio and Sanchez and DJ, you know, how how is that core of players going to perform? And that's really what's going to come down to, I think, for the Yankees. Can I just say one thing? Why I saw Talking Yanks, John Boy's um, podcast page, tweet on Twitter, 
they were they said something to the effect of, um, it was like, what if the Yankee, uh, how would Yankee fans react if the Yankees went all out and signed what was it, Matt Olson and basically Carlos Correa and everybody on the block? And I was like, and and every Yankee fan replied in that comment. I was like, or they they all were like, oh my god, like that'd be insane. Like we we'd, we'd be all pumped. I was like, you kidding me? I was like, we we that's, that's see see that's that's the problem. See that's the problem. Right. All, like everybody <laughs> is like, everybody is like, oh, we gotta sign everybody. I'm like, no, we don't. We got other we got other stuff to worry about, right? I keep. Telling I'd be my, pissed keep, if we signed all those players. Yeah. I mean, I'd be pissed because I know we just dig ourselves in a hole. But like, you know, that's just not how it works. It's just that's just not how it works anymore. It's not how it works with the Yankees philosophy anymore. It's not how it works in baseball anymore. You know, I think that look, look, they're worried about Aaron Judge. That's what yeah. that, that's what it comes down to. They know his contract's up at the end of the season. They got to resign him, no question about it. Then and people are forgetting that because they're just everyone's worried about right now. They're not looking ahead, and we have no payroll flexibility. So, I think that's the issue. I mean, I think the Yankees could go after Trevor Story. I think Correa's out of the out of our window, yeah. but we'd be fighting with Boston for Story because I know they're kind of in the running for him too, and they would plug him at second. If they were to get him, because right. um, I, I talked to Sean and he's told me that they're in the running and that's a position that they need to improve upon so he could do that for them. Um, but do you guys point exactly? I mean, post lockout is really what's going to make or break this team. And also the core guys too. Like people forget, like we still have a pretty solid core. Like it's not, it's not terrible. It's not they, terrible. Just have this, they just haven't performed to what we're expected or what they're capable of. Because fans know that they're capable of doing more, especially in the Mayhew, especially Sanchez, and especially Garrett Cole. Like those three guys have got to step it up this season. I'm I'm convinced that Lemayu yep. had an injury throughout <clears throat> the year. I would. Yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah he'll bounce back. I'm worried about Gary and um, Gary. I Cole. gave up on. I gave up on. Well, Gary, I think Gary. I think the issue with Gary and to not to knock him to any extent is just and this is what John Wood kind of alluded to is that catchers are really bad hitters. Yeah. If you if you look at it like who's a great he was a great hitting catcher in this league, name me name me three. JT Real Muto, um, that's one. Uh, P- Posey, I guess. Posey and Posey's then out. and Travis Darno. Posey's out. Posey's retired. Yeah. Darno would be the closest. Darno's Darno. average at best when you put him up against the rest of Perez. He's a little ass. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Dom. Yeah, Thank you, Dom. Yeah, so you got yeah. like. Yeah, so it's like those couple guys you could probably maybe throw in Grandal, but he's more of a DH nowadays. But you know, after those guys, it really takes a snow. You know, and if Gary can step after those guys, it takes a serious nosedive mm-hmm. after yeah. the fact. Like so, you gotta like you gotta take it for what it's worth. I think if he just improves defensively, I think Gary would be okay. And just if he hits 15 home runs, look, I don't think he's gonna smack 35. I think he's not gonna do that anymore. No. We've seen that. He did it twice or once, I would say. Dude, I'd be happy. Honestly, I'd be happy if he can tag runners coming to home plate. That's all. Um, <laughs> and, that's, and, yeah, not a, and, yeah, not getting any pass balls by him. Right. That's that's my chief yep. complaint about Gary. Yeah, one one last thing about the Yankees sure. um, before we go into sure. the others. Um, I think what the Yankees are doing right now is, like, you, you know when, like, if you're doing like a uh, handsome blackjack or like if you're a sports fan or something, like yeah. you put $5 on a hand okay. and you lose it. So then you double it up at $10 yeah. and you lose it. And then you, t- you do $20 and you lose that and you keep going in like 10 hands later, you're down like $5,000 and okay. you still haven't won a hand. That's what it feels like the Yankees are doing right now. It's, Oh, we need to do this. And then they lose. So they just keep trying to band aid the problem instead of just cutting your losses and just trying to rebuild with what's actually working. Literally like a roulette table. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so we, Toronto. Did Toronto, yes or no, did Toronto improve on pitching this offseason? They gave away Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner. They got Kevin Gosman. Is Toronto a better pitching team this season for the value Robbie they got? Ray is going to have an ERA of 4.82, and Kevin Gosman is going to have over 200 strikeouts yet again. Anyone yes, disagree? Anybody disagree? Yeah, see, I see. I don't know. I I don't know because these are two these are two guys that kind of had surprising seasons. You know, I think Robbie Ray. I think losing Robbie Ray was more of an issue than than getting Kevin Gosman because I think Gosman kind of came out of nowhere. 
Robbie Ray consistently got better and better and better. Like he progressively got better. And I think the Marcus Simeon signing to the Rangers is a massive blow for that Blue Jays team. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I he agree. was the best second baseman. He was the best second baseman in the league. And I they agree. had him. I agree. Like, you got to keep him, especially with the core you have. Like, I would say give him the mic because you don't have to worry about um, Vlad or, or Bichette for a few more years. Yeah. You don't have to worry about them until like, they're like in their mid-20s. And by then, Simeon's contract would be what? In like the fourth or fifth year of the contract? Like, I would have gave him the money, but hey, hey, I'm not a... I'm I'm not up there working those deals. So um but I just I think they they might take a step back knowing that Simeon is out because I think people forget how valuable he was. And we were probably yeah. gonna see that coming into the season. Okay, so where does Toronto finish, you think? <clears throat> if they lose Simeon and he's as valuable as we think he was to Toronto, and the pitching improved, which we, we which we all agree pretty much that it did, where does that leave Toronto? Break even? I think they break even. Okay, okay. You know, I, I hate to say it, but... Um, it, it feels wrong to say. Yeah, it does. You know what I'm going to say? Oh, wait, wait, you guys know what I'm going to say? What's that? I don't... I mean, I'm I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of the standings, right? Projectingly. We know Baltimore's finishing last. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get into that later. I mean, look, I mean... I, I'll say this. I'll be quite honest. I hate to say this, but look, if the Yankees can't get it together and they really snowball and we can't get any signings, this is pre kind of what we see kind of going in spring training as of right now. I mean, we're third, maybe fourth. Like, I don't know. Like, I think Boston's maybe slightly better than us offensively from a consistency standpoint. From a consistency, yes. You know, pitching-wise, I think we're even – I mean, I, I don't know. I think one through four from the ALEs is kind of like it can go either way. We could be the top or we could be fourth. Like, I don't know. Boston put up over 100 more runs than us last season just to give you an idea of how much better they were offensively than us. They were more consistent. They were more consistent. Yep. So was Toronto. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so if you're Baltimore, we all know they're going to finish last. What do you do with Baltimore to start? Not too detailed because I want to move on. But what do you do if you're Baltimore? Build around Cedric Mullins. Do not trade him. Yeah. Mullins, Mullins and Mancini build around him, yep. and and get and and try to get up their their top prospect catcher, Rutzman, Adel Rutzman. Yeah. Try yeah. try to see if he can get up here and just and just develop him. You know, I mean, you might you might as well. You got nothing to play for this season, literally. I feel so bad for Mancini. I really do. Um, yeah. And Mullins at the same time. I feel bad for Baltimore fans. I mean, they haven't been they haven't been great since really the nineties. Great, yeah. yeah. They made the playoffs yeah, but, recently, but not like like for like what a season. Yeah, they, you know, like yeah. twice. Yeah, they. Yeah, you know, but their their tickets are dirt cheap, so it's great for us baseball fans. For us Yankee fans, Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. It's Yankee mm. Stadium South. I love it. Um, all right, so Baltimore's obviously going to finish last. Yeah, so pitching's a huge issue as well uh, in Baltimore. Um, AL Central, Chicago White Sox won the division pretty handily um, by 13 games. They were only they were actually the only team in the AL Central, by the way, to finish even close to over 500. Um, Cleveland finished two games actually under, but and they were the next up. Um, do the White Sox have any competition coming next season in that division? Does Detroit make a showing? I feel like Detroit and Kansas City can make a showing. The Tigers are going to make noise, but they're not there just yet. Uh, I think it's the White Sox easy division yet again, but Detroit does go in second. Okay. Uh, does Minnesota yeah. does Minnesota make any improvements this this, season, this coming season? They, nope. Because nope. they severely underperformed. They severely. Sucked. Their pitching sucked. Yeah, Their offense was eh. That's why they gave up Nelly. Uh, no, I think the Twins are just that old little beaten up team. Okay. I, I could see them maybe squeaking into fourth place if they play well enough, but I think that's a big if. I can't see the Twins really performing well at all. Okay. Um, I mean, what's that? I think, I mean, it's the White Sox division to lose, and I think Everybody else will just kind of just fall under them. I think Detroit and Kansas City are going to bow out for second, and then after that, it's just going to 
you know, I don't think Cleveland's not going to do anything great. The Twins are, like you guys said, they're they're on, on a, they're in a fortunate like hot mess. The Twins are, I should say. Um, they had that one kind of great season in 2019, but that was when kind of Cruz had a a still kind of like he was still doing his thing at like age 37 in Donaldson. Or no, 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 Donaldson wasn't on the team then. He was in Toronto, uh, I think. No, no, he was. I think he was in Atlanta. Oh, wait, 20- I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he was in Atlanta, but I just think that, you know, to your guys' point, I just think they're just not with it. Their pitching's not great either. Um, I think that was just a fluke season that they had, um, yeah. you know, and I know they re-signed Byron Buxton. Like, he got his money, like, good for him. But, you know, it's the, it's, it's the White Sox to lose. But the White Sox, I, I don't know, I feel like they got to they, they gotta improve and show themselves kind of to the big dogs that, like, look, like, we're here to stay and we're here to kind of make some noise in the playoffs. Because when it came playoff time, they kind of weren't um, – they were non-existent. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go to the AL West. We talked a little bit about Seattle um, in previous podcasts of recent, especially with the pitching that they now acquired in Robbie Wright. Dom says he's going to go in above a 4 ERA and uh, make the pitching worse in Seattle. Uh, and that's and I think uh, I think I forget who said it last week that Seattle's year last year was kind of a fluke. Um, do do they build on that or is is this the Astros to lose because Oakland's a seller, the Angels are buying but they're not there yet, Texas is buying but they're still not there yet. Is this Houston's to lose? I still think it's the Astros to lose. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It is. If they lose Correa or not, they're still a very talented team. Look at the pitching, McCullers. Valdez, their bullpen's pretty solid. Um, I think it is the Astros to lose, Tommy. Like you said, Texas Rangers, besides Semien and Seager, I mean, Seager is a little overhyped anyway because he can't stay on the field. They got nothing past that right now. I think Seattle's going to take a huge step back for some reason. I just think it was a magical season that's not going to live up to the hype again. And then, you know, Shohei Otani, that team, the Otani team, basically, that's it. Um, they're not going to do much. And, yeah, I think it's the Ashes to lose. Anyone disagree? Yeah. No, I'm I'm agreeing with that. And, yeah, the other thing with the Athletics, which was the other team that had any chance of starting in the Ashes this past season, you know, there's also uh, there's a lot of uh, talks about them moving out of Oakland and into Las Vegas. Um, is kind of the news with that right now. And normally, good teams don't file for relocations. Normally, they're struggling bad on the downslide teams that look to relocate to a new city for kind of a fresh start. So I can't, I can't really see the A's performing that well with that on their shoulders on top of having to sell. Um, I think the only team that really stands a chance at catching up to the Astros is Seattle. And I think for that to happen, I think Robbie Ray would have to pretty much repeat um, what he did uh, this past season in order to have any kind of chance. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Um, all right, let's move on to the NL East, shall we? Um, obviously, the World Series, cha- the defending, will be defending coming in the next season, the World Series champions, uh, Atlanta Braves, won the division by uh, six and a half games over Philadelphia, who made quite a run. Uh, towards the end, but Atlanta pulled away very, very uh, convincingly. Guys, is this the Braves to lose? Or is any team gonna imp- is any team impressing you? Or has the potential to impress us? I mean, I mean, I mean, on paper, it's you know the Mets are kind of they put themselves back in the conversation. So I think it's right. I think it's a three way race. Even if Freeman leaves, Braves, Phillies, Mets, it's a three way race for that division. Any one of those teams could could take off. It's so true. Even the Nationals, I, I I still have a lot of respect for the Nationals. I still think they can. You know, they have a lot of. You got to remember, they still have a lot of young prospects that they picked up from the Dodgers <laughs> and all these in this big fire sale they had. They did get a lot of young uh, prospects. Justin can talk about that next time he's on here. I uh, hope he's feeling better. Um, you know, I think like Anthony said, any of these teams can come out. Uh, guns blazing, and and no one will know what will hit them. Um, Atla- yeah. Atlanta, I mean, are they still going to win? Uh, I'm surprised. First off, feel better, Justin. 
from Dom too. Uh, I think it's Atlanta's to lose now. They got a lot of pressure because they won the World Series. I don't think the Phillies have enough firepower to win that division. Like we said, and I roasted the Mets before on the show today, you know, I just don't think they have enough offensively. They're pitching. Is it going to stay on the field and on the mound or not? Um, I think it's the Braves to lose. The problem with this division is it is so depressingly mediocre that that's what I get from this mediocre. It is so mediocre. <laughs> Sorry, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is mediocre. Um, <laughs> there's no one team aside from the Braves that stand out, and the only reason the Braves stand out is because they won it all. If they had gotten knocked out first round, like many people were anticipating then then they really wouldn't be in the conversation to take the division again and be back to a toss-up of who's going to make that late-season run, who's going to make that magical playoff push to get in and take the division. you know. And I think it's going to be a very similar case. I think, yeah, the Braves are the front-runner right now, but only because they won the division. They're going to lose pieces. It's bound to happen. It's a matter of what pieces they're going to lose and what the Phillies and the Mets do, you know? Okay. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to the NL Central. Uh, get moving a little bit on that. Milwaukee won this division, guys, by five games over St. Louis. Obviously, we all know St. Louis really made a big push uh, going on the longest win streak in franchise history uh, this season. I think, what was it, like 17, 18, 19 games? Something ridiculous. Or am I way off in that number? No, wasn't it 17 or 18? Something like that. It was pretty high. I think it was a 17. lot. Yeah, a lot. Thank you. That's all. Yeah. Um, so Milwaukee won this uh, by five games. Disappointment to Atlanta. Uh, they lost to them in the playoffs. Where does Milwaukee shape out here? Is this still theirs to lose? They got rid of uh, what's his name? They got rid of um, Jackie oh, Bradley Jr. Jack. Well, they got rid of Jackie Bradley Jr., which Dom Dom oh, argued on here last week. Didn't. Garcia, Aviso Garcia. Thank you, Aviso yeah. Garcia, former uh, Tampa Bay Ray and now former Milwaukee Brewer. Um, so they got rid of those two guys. Is this team still going to be the same as last year? I think they're even better. Why you say that? Real- Not because I'm a huge Hunter Renfro fan, okay, but a little bit because of that. I think the Brewers. That rotation is nasty. Of course, they disappointed, but they lost to the championship uh, Braves uh, with Don Orsillo making the, the, the greatest calls there are. But this Brewers team, uh, now they got even more power with Renfro. He plays a tremendous outfield. Um, I just like this team a lot, and their bullpen is one of the best, most underrated. And I think uh, they're a sleeper. They're going to be living off that because no one's going to take them seriously as contenders. Uh, I think they're nasty. And in that NL Central, who else do you really have? I'm trying to think. Um, The Reds are the only other team that you could say aside from the Cardinals. And and the Reds are going to go on a fire sale. Castellanos is gone. Uh, Come on. Uh, The Cubs aren't going to do anything. The Cardinals... um, yeah, they'll 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 play, but are they going to be able to compete in that division with the Brewers and catch up with them? I don't think they will. No. Okay. I think they got lucky. I think the Cardinals got lucky going on that run. I really think they do. I think they were a 500 team that, for some reason, just decided they were going to play the best baseball in franchise history for three weeks. I don't think they're going to be able to do it again. I think they're going to stay around 500 i think they might contend for a wild card spot potentially um depending on what happens with you know the phillies the mets the padres those kind of teams but aside from that i can't really see much happening okay all right um what about the cubs they acquired clint frazier that's a big acquisition guys oh yeah the 170 average is really going to be great in wrigley field did you guys hear? I know Anthony did oh probably because he listens to our talk. Yeah, if Anthony, you listen to R two C two. Yeah, yeah. He should talk when he bats two ninety and plays a full consistent season, please. Oh, Anthony's gone. Yeah, um, Anthony said he's going to be right back. I didn't see. Okay. Um. Yeah, but CC Sabathia said, if I can pull it up, I'd love to. If uh, CC Sabathia made a comment R two C two, he said he basically said he's like, if I hear 
If I hear one more Clint Frazier story, I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> CC. Yeah, she like, threw another word in there, don't forget. Yeah, we'll, we'll refrain from that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but... Like, here's my thing. I think the Yankees early on did mess up with Frazier big time. I don't think there's no overlooking that. Yeah. But then again, Frazier had a big 2020. So then they gave him the opportunity of the Yankees to play in 21. He sucked wind. Yeah. So he's on the Cubs now. He joins, uh, was it Stroman? Yeah. Yeah. Of all teams, Stroman chose the Cubs. Um, Okay, so the Cubs finished 24 games behind. They basically had a little fire sale of their own uh, midseason last year, so that's hence, you know, the big dip in game in games dropped. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, do you guys think they're going to do anything in this all, in, once the lockout's over to, you know, improve on prospects, anything? I do know they're going to do one thing. Just going to agree with me on this. Lose games? They're going to they're going to sell a lot of really cheap tickets for the opponent fans to come in PNC Park. And- yeah. I mean, who doesn't do that? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, so actually, with the, with the, I almost call them the Steelers. With the, um, actually, wow, I'm seeing the Vikings are up 16 zip. I, uh, that's actually interesting right there. You know, uh, are you the surprised? A little bit, a little bit. The Steelers um, are terrible. Yeah, I know. Both teams are terrible. With the, with the Pirates, they traded away Jacob Stallings. What did they really even do to help their team? team out. I know Stallings is more of a veteran catcher and stuff, but Yeah. No, I, I don't yeah, I don't think the Pirates really do anything to improve their system necessarily. I don't know what you would do to the Pirate system. I don't know what you would do to, like I don't know how you would build on that. It just seems like a colossal disaster. I don't know. Right? Yeah. It's, it's been this way for so many years. I mean, yeah, the Pirates... They're just like, it just sucks because for such a rich franchise, you know, like a rich historic, what I mean, franchise, you know, they had their big seasons with such great historical teams. It's just a shame that it's going to be like that for them. But we're, we got to see. I mean, the Pirates do need pitching. Uh, their offense needs help. And I'm a huge Brian uh, Hayes fan. Um, but with them, they do have a lot of work to do. And yeah, I mean they gotta fill in a lot of spots besides third base right now, and that's if Cabrian Hayes keeps getting better. Yeah. Yeah, and here's here's the difference between them and Baltimore. Baltimore has a few players that they can build around. You know, they have Cedric Mullins, um, they have Trey Mancini, they have uh their catching prospect who they're probably gonna call up, just give them a chance, you know. They have guys that okay, if they pan out, if we give them some help, then maybe will be something with that core. You know, who do the Pirates have? I you know, I don't know. Exactly. You can't you can't think of anyone off the top of your head. You have to look at their roster and even then none of them come remotely close to either of those two guys that Baltimore has. They don't have anyone and they're not going to have anyone for the next few years unless if someone really breaks out. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's it's it's hard for Pittsburgh and and you know just to compare it probably makes Baltimore feel better than they're not one of the worst teams in baseball or at the well in the top th- two worst teams in baseball they're third I think correct or no the the Pirates are the fourth worst oh Baltimore only got fifty two wins oh yeah, wow Baltimore that's far less 52. than oh uh, I thought they got more than that but okay um okay so. Yeah, so Pittsburgh has, uh, I guess, nothing to lose at this point. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, the NL West, San Francisco Giants. A lot of people say it was a fluke, that the fact that they won the division. I think they just grinded it out and took out the Dodgers by one whole game. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Dodgers are going to be the same next season. I, do, I have no clue regarding starting pitching. Uh, Max Scherzer carried them. I don't know what they do from here on out. They lost Corey Seager. Uh, they got to build around something. They, they still got a lot of guys, but as far as pitching goes, who's your new ace? There's a lot of questions there for the Dodgers, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got to really think about you got to really think about this one. Uh, all right, I'll go. Um, sorry, yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, Corey Seager is trying to lure Kershaw back home to Texas. 
Dallas native, Arlington, whatever. So uh, that could be in jeopardy. Trevor Bauer, no, no one knows what's happening with that right now. That's actually still up in the air with that whole uh, kind of thing. Neither um, did the girl. Yeah, yeah. Dustin May. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin May, his rehab assignment has been delayed with just the pandemic and everything. And I heard it was going to take a little while. Um, bullpen wise, it sucks if you put Kenley Jansen in there. Does he return? And who they they resign Chris Taylor, but of course they lose Max Scherzer, and um, I just had it Corey Seager. So yeah, it's gonna take a turn. It's gonna take a turn. But it's still their division, I think. Okay. One one of those teams are going to fall significantly. Either the Giants or the Dodgers, I think, are going to take a huge step back. And it's it could be the Dodgers because they're losing quite a few players, especially around their pitching staff, um, which I believe had the best, had the least number of runs allowed in the entire league. Um, so that could significantly regress. Or it could be the Giants because, you know, hey, Maybe it was a fluke season for them, you know. Um, maybe they're nowhere near as good as they are next season. No, I could easily see them struggling to get and stay above 500 next season. But I could also just as easily see them getting 100-plus wins again. So, you know, one of those teams are going to fall uh, significantly. It's just a matter of which one. Or maybe both of them do. Or maybe I'm wrong. And they're they're both at a hundred wins again. Yeah. Um. All right. So the Padres, Dom. Yeah. It's it's, it's talk about the pa- talk about the Padres yeah. a little bit. Do you do you all see right. what's Tommy. going on here? All right. When Tommy Franks spits out his bubble gum on the mound, he's ready to pitch. I'm ready. I'm gonna be sitting down, having my chips. Tommy Franks is gonna be on the mound, throwing some really good numbers out. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Anyway. Anyway. Turn me off there. Anyway. Anyway, well, listen, this team, they got a whole new kind of managerial section going, right? Yeah. Bob Melvin, Berdar, uh, Niebla, uh, and then, uh, yeah, Berdar's the new hitting coach. I, did, I, I thought I just missed that one. Um, so it's interesting. And also, Cervelli is the new catching coach. I know that doesn't mean much, but that's pretty cool. Former uh, catcher himself that I was a huge fan of. Traded for Jorge Alfaro, um, a loss. Mark Melanson, uh, that one hurt. Mark the Shark is going to be making fourteen million without having to pitch at all for the Diamondbacks, so that sucks. Um, but we're we're always good at replacing closers. Um, when it comes down to it, this team, I think Blake Snell is going to have a bounce back year. He really did well post all season uh, All Star break, and I know the opponents were easy, you know, with the uh, offenses being not so threatening, but Snell did produce, especially that one game against the Dodgers late, uh, despite the loss. Um, Darvish, I hope he comes back. He was hanging a lot of pitches on a rope. Uh, of course, the spider tag would have been a big part of that, uh, not having it anymore. When it comes down to it, man, I, I, I think this Padres team is going to do better, and this team is going to go out there now with Melvin, and he's going to let them do what they want, but ex- and of course, expect high demands and expectations. I can see this team finally winning to where we thought we would see them win 90 games. For the, uh, okay. Which would, which would seven to 90, which would put them in what place, Dom third or second in your mind. Second. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Jeff. I think the giants, I hear steroids only have one good season of use. I'm kidding, but losing Buster Posey, losing Kevin Gosman, um, it's going to be a big blow for the Giants. I do think that they're going to take a step back. On the bright side for the Giants, you keep Crawford, you keep Belt, you keep your – did they keep Bryant? Did they keep Bryant? Bryant walked. Oh, Bryant walked. Okay, scratch that then. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 probably going to go. Okay, so you got those core guys back, a couple of them. Um, okay, so I mean those uh, are – yeah, no. What's yeah, that? Yeah, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant hasn't signed uh, yet. But, oh, so he you know, hasn't I, officially. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's kind. Of, he's he's kind of the he's kind of a dark horse in free agency because he hasn't been linked to any like player within a team or any specific team. Like no one has a lead on him. 
Yeah, like I've heard only... nothing from like the big insiders. Nothing's been reported about him. He's just kind of just flying under the radar, at least for now. Especially with yeah, the there's only two teams that have really been linked <clears throat> to him: the Giants because they had him to end the season, and the Cubs because he was the Cub for so long, 2016 team. So those are really the only two teams he's been tied to. But you know, he could go anywhere. Like we said last week, I think he, you know, the Yankees could pick him up. You know, <sighs> that'd be awesome. So. Who knows? In a lot of ways, um, Colorado. Do they do they pick things up? I mean, they're gonna lose Trevor Story. No, no. 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 Yeah, they're taking a step back. They're taking a big I step think, back. I think. I think them and the Diamondbacks flip. Honestly. So what? So what is it about the D-backs that that can? Is it that the D-backs improve or just Colorado gets still worse? Uh, I think Colorado. Their only advantage this past season was being remarkably good at home. Yeah, uh, the altitude. The they had the altitude, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the altitude, of course. And they're used to it, you know. Uh, but the Rockies, they lost John Gray. They're going to probably most likely lose Trevor Story. Uh, they don't have much. Their pitching is nothing besides Austin Gomber uh, at times right now. And the D-backs, they're, like, young. But, like, I don't know what – I think mentally they were just bad. They just got in a funk and then – never look back i think the d-backs are better than what they were this year not like 80 wins but 70 75 yeah yep for i think think that's fair for uh for anybody out there who likes uh going on rabbit hole youtube videos of baseball (laughs) stuff uh urinating tree came out with a video about five months ago called the arizona diamondbacks anatomy of a collapse and it goes into how they went from you know wild card competing to what we saw this past season uh it's a really good video it's about 12 minutes so it's not too long um i recommend everyone checks it out but it kind of goes into that a little bit deeper okay interesting All right, uh, that is it for the MLB division we have. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to get to before we depart? I know I kind of I went I was MIA for a little bit. Um, You're so good. I didn't get my pick on the Central NL Central. Um, I mean, you guys kept saying Milwaukee. I mean, I'll say this: I know that if Cassian is, is looking like he's going to walk. Um, but if he does somehow resign with the Reds, like they could, they can make some noise, you know, if he comes back, that that's my only, if, if he comes back, the Brewers have something to, um, be afraid of. And it's that team. Joey Votto is still producing. Um, he kind of shut everybody up and saying, I'm still that guy. Um, their pitching staff is, is solid. And, and the division's weak. You know, the Cubs are re, are rebuilding. We talked about Chris Bryant briefly. I don't think he's going to go back to them. I mean, that whole core is kind of gone. Why Why would you go back? Um, the Pirates are rebuilding, and they're still trying to get their footing together still. Um, so it's between the Brewers and the Reds right now. And if he comes back, the Reds could win the whole the, – the Reds could win the division. The Brewers are still a phenomenal team, but I would just say watch out for Cincinnati. Maybe even if without Kostyans, because then they're still a solid team. But that's my take on the Central. If Kostyans comes back, those two teams are going to be in a crazy race this upcoming season. Right. Yeah. So I. Yeah. That's the other thing about the Reds. I think the Reds are super underrated uh, for the mm-hmm. offense they have, mm-hmm. especially guys guys like Jonathan India, who I think got Rookie of the Year. He uh, did. Yep. So, especially like you said, if Castellanos resigns, and then you got Votto, that's that's such a good lineup. And Jesse Winker. Je- and I was just yeah, I was just about to mention Jesse Castillo, Winker, Sunny Gray. Like, I mean, it's a good team. It's a great team. I love the Reds. So, but but again, like they had injury problems last year. So I think that's what kept them out a lot of the time, especially towards in the tail end of the season. Um, so I think that's that's with that. Um. I don't know. I still think Milwaukee, though, but I think the Reds are a close. Uh... So the thing with St. Louis yeah. is the, the thing with, the, for me with St. Louis is they change managers now, so now they got to adapt to a whole new system. I don't know how quickly that will change. Um, they still got a talent, but I think St. Louis and Cincinnati are going to be really in a dogfight 
if Cassianos comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot. It. Yeah, I, I, was, I know I was missing one team. Yeah, St. Louis. I mean, I don't know. I mean, no one Arenado really, really regret. Oh, I don't see regrets, but we kind of know what kind of offense player he is now that he's out of Colorado because that's when you really kind of see them when they get pulled out of course playing at home. So, I mean, he's still good. He's not great. You know, Colorado made him great. He's a still a phenomenal defender, but he's a he's just a good offensive player. He's not great. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Was there anything you guys uh anything you guys wanted to add before we uh I think that's more? everything. It's it's obviously with the lockout doesn't help yeah. us. Um, what's that, Jeff? Yeah. One last uh, little bit of news. The Braves and a few other teams, including the Yankees, have sold some or all um, of their operations for the minor league affiliates to Diamond Baseball Holdings. Okay. Um, and they're going to be responsible um, a lot for, you know, marketing and ticket sales and that kind of stuff and just kind of give these – uh, give these franchises a little extra boost for their minor league affiliates. Um, they do a lot for UFC um, and for EuroLeague. So, you know, they're pretty reputable when it comes to this stuff. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So that is, I believe, everything for this week. I have not forgotten about, by the way, the um, the Rob Manfred thing we were talking about last week. We will have that for you next week. Uh, we got to spend some time prepping that and getting it ready for you. Uh, but that should be a lot of fun, especially after what came out about the Rawlings uh, scandal with the baseballs um, this past season. So can't wait to get into that. And then some more. Um, we will definitely uh, be talking about that. Uh, for me, Tommy Franks, Anthony Colasano, Dom DeRosa, and Jeff Wilkinson, we will see you all next week.